All right. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome. It is Wednesday night. It is the first Wednesday in the month of January in the year 2021, and we are back in the house here at Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship for Kingdom Conversation. I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee. We're going to get our cameras adjusted and get our sound adjusted and do all the things that we do. Uh, Y'all can adjust yourselves in your chairs if need be and get our coats adjusted because it's a little cold in this building tonight. But we want to thank you. We're located at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. Our zip code is 95131 and our telephone number is 408-945-4439. If you happen to be asking questions uh, tonight, then you can text uh, Judge Constance. If you have her phone number, then you would know to do that. If not, then please feel free to write your comments on the uh, screen, and one of our commentators will uh, be able to relay that information back to us. And those of you, uh, one in particular, little birdie, if I get off track and need to say uh, something that we talked about today, then please feel free to contact me directly. So having said that, we're going to pray. We're going to have a different conversation from the conversation that the world is having today. We're going to talk about things that pertain to the kingdom of God, and we're going to talk about things that pertain to your heart, healing, bringing wholeness, and maybe a greater awareness of the, the love that is available for you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I also have an announcement to make, but I want to pray first, and then we'll get to all of those great things. Father God, I praise you tonight. As I sit before you, being ushered into your presence by the power of the name and the blood and the works of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am so honored to be seated in the heavenly places in him. And I'm so grateful also to sit in a seat in the earth where the voice and the words, the words that you give me to speak with the voice that you have given me, that they will resound in the earth in line with what you want spoken. Father, I thank you that there is a faithful remnant of individuals and a growing number of followers that are seeking you to know the God that they do not know. As a church, as a body, I recognize from old conversations and even things that I've read that we had many times the wrong attitude toward you. And we've called ourselves your people, but we've treated you like a servant, and that's not acceptable. And so I know that we're forgiven because that is what Jesus' blood did. But it is my heart's cry that we as a people learn to see you as you really are and not according to our flesh and not according to wrong teaching or pure ignorance. You really do love us. But I think that sometimes we don't recognize what your love is. And, and since we sometimes fail to walk in the power that you have given us as sons, there's some misunderstandings about who you are and how you actually minister to us and lead us and rule and guide. I would like you, by your spirit, to talk to us and tell us what it is that you want us to know about you and then about us in you 
and what, whatever it is that you want to say. The, you gave us the name of this program, Kingdom Conversations. And I guess another side note of it could be conversations with the king. Things that you are saying to us, things that you are imparting. I like when we get touched with your heart and when we stop everything else to really pay attention to you. And so I pray for those that are listening that we are responding to you tonight, that we embrace you. I know that there's all kinds of cares of the world and things that are transpiring in the United States of America and, and all of the anxieties and all of the other things, and it's because of that that I reach out because I, I want to hear you. I want to hear from you. Yours is the most important voice. And Holy Spirit, you are that most important person in the earth, the one that keeps pointing us back to the king, points us back to the kingdom of God, points us to the word of God, points us to the will of God, leads us and guides us and, and cares for us. You do all of these things. You teach us what we need to know. And tonight I pray that you, that the spirit of the living God, you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to us, speak to me, speak through me, do it as you will, opening up your word to us, because here is where we find the authentic voice of God. And then from the pages of the book, Open it up to us. For those that have ears that want to hear this, for those that would choose to quiet everything else and cease and desist from being worried with the affairs of this world, because ultimately, ultimately, it always manifests, as you say, man fails, but God does not. And that is the truth I hold on to. And I'm grateful to know it. And so we praise you. We thank you. We worship you. We recognize you. We acknowledge you. We welcome you. And we embrace you. In the name that you have given to us that empowers us the ways we really need to be empowered. The name of Yeshua Jesus. Hallelujah. And thank you. And amen. Amen. So I have a few things. First of all, I want to speak what I was um, asked to say from Apostle Baker. Those of you that were on the 5 a.m. Call, prayer call this morning know of this, but the newest call for a, um, a prayer team has gone forth, and it is to pray for parents and their children. And actually, someone has already responded to the apostle that I believe they'll be getting it set. So there is a new call that is coming. And the other thing that was told is to make sure that you all listen to this. If you did not hear the 5 a.m. prayer call, you need to know that as a part of this ministry, the word and the decree, the, 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 the call has gone out to us all 
If you are a part of this ministry, you need to be on a prayer call. Nobody said that you had to be on all of them. But you need to be on a prayer call, at least one. And we're not we're t- not talking the 5 a.m. call. The, you should be on that, too. But one of these city prayer teams, you need to be on one of those teams. A participant, not somebody that's calling. I'm saying this, not somebody that just calls in and goes, well, I just called to listen. It's like, if you don't know how to pray, let us know, because we will teach you that, well, we've been teaching it all along. But we'll give you a one-on-one refresher course. Sure we will. <laughs> and it'll be kind. So that's the word. And I will I will I know I have no doubt I'll say it again on Sunday. Someone will remind me if I fail to bring it up, probably the lady in the orange shirt on the front row. But uh <laughs> somebody will make <laughs> somebody will make sure that we give these announcements out because this is all part of the participation and it does empower us and it does cause us to grow and so for people who think we're clicky I don't I think if you mean we're clicking in place and we're flowing together you're absolutely right if you mean that we are pairing up and and leaving you out uh, the door is open and the decrees and and, and the requirements have been taken have been given and you need to obey so you're not being left out but you may be keeping yourself from it and uh that's not okay because you don't even have to show up any place but on your phone. The same phone you use for video games or texting or I guess occasionally people call on it, but most of us use our phones for shopping and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So, And maybe for viewing things like this or definitely for watching YouTubes and videotaping yourself and doing the selfies that I see people's faces on when I, when I do get on social media, you'd be amazed at all the close-ups I see of people. But you know what? In a day and time when they seem to be forced to wear masks over their faces, it's a beautiful thing to see what people look like, especially if they're smiling. Okay. So having said that, that was the, uh, the opening of what I was supposed to, to mention. So I'm going to go on. I spoke with the birdie. That's what I call her. And um, (laughs) we didn't get a chance to do our Bible study today, but I did ask her, well, what would you like me to talk about? And she had done a replay of last night's uh, Really Telling It Like It Is program with our apostle. And there was a comment with regards to uh, something I had read, scriptures about take heed how you hear. I came from Luke chapter 8, verse 18. And Mark chapter 4, verse 24, take heed how you hear or pay attention to how you hear and pay attention to what you're listening to. And so we're going to, that really does tie in with conversation and why it's so important to listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. To really be able to, isn't it funny we use terms that speak on music and frequencies, because we'll say tune into this, or people will talk about wanting to vibe with something or how it resonates with us. And so we've had frequency conversations our whole life. It's not a new thing to talk about. I think that we use phrases and we just pick them up from other people but sometimes don't know precisely what we said 
or how, here's another one, in tune we can possibly be with what is going on. Now you know, and I, I was going to do this one day, I'm, I'm going to ask people to write down phrases that I'm, from, I'm known for saying. You know, just like if, if because we were talking, I was talking to someone about identity and recognizing the authentic voice of someone. And I had someone tell me they were told by another individual that I had said something to them. And so it's like, well, what did I say to them? And it wasn't good or bad. It was just something that I was supposedly I had said. And so they spoke some kind of expression out. And I listened to that, and I said, nah. I never said that. How did I know? The phrases that were used and the way it was used, it's like, I don't talk like that. Now, I might talk a little bit of country style with a little bit of Elizabethan English mixed in with California Fresh. You know, I, I, I will mix my metaphors and, 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 and use some word or another, and I do like the word befuddled, by the way. That's an aside from last night. Um, I will do things like that, but there are certain types of phrases that I won't use. For example, and I'm going to pull this from an, an email message, um, some man that wanted to, I think he wanted to chat me up. <laughs> but he, <laughs> it didn't work, and here's why. Because he sent this message saying something about how you would allow things to burn between us like the serpentine fire of the way something would happen through the universe. And I thought, yeah, incompatible. I'm not going to use that phrase. If somebody said, well, she was talking about the serpentine and this and this, like, if I said serpentine fire, I would be referencing earth, wind, and fire from a song back from whatever era that was. That's what I would say. And that's about the only way that I'm going to mention something like that because I'm not into the whole Nostradamus and the, the end of the world and the, and, and the Edgar Cayce kind of stuff. That's not way I, I don't think on those things. I don't expect a great cosmic demonic takeover of the things of God. I don't expect the demons to overthrow the will of God and for everybody then to, to have to enter into this, the, uh, the strongest will survive, only the strongest will survive and the weak with this. And I'm mixing all of these theories that are all really at the core earthly sensual and devilish beliefs because how do I know that? Well, here's one of the phrases I think that you should know that I say because God did not say it. I'm known for that. God didn't say it. That's what I, with my course of ministry to others because it's my, it's my function of ministry to myself. If you're looking in the mirror and you, you're looking at certain things, around the neck area, you don't like what you see, then you can change it because God did not say that this had to be. <laughs> Some of y'all caught that. Some of you are like, what? Okay, but most women understood it of a certain age, understood it. It's like, I don't want that. And at first I found myself pleading, oh, please, God, please. I thought, no, that's not the way to get this. He didn't say you had to have it, so bless God, I'm not signing up for it. So there will be a reversal, right? Um, that's the kind of stuff. I have fun with the Word of God. I take this very, very seriously. I believe this Word. And I like. I heard a preacher say one time, he says, I don't necessarily know everything that the Word of God says. 
But when I read what he has said, then I take it by faith, and I choose to believe it. I choose to believe what God said. It's not just, oh, you just believe everything. I, I make a choice that when he says something that, that circumstances in life seem to call negative, or they say, nah, what God says is not possible because here's your reality, I choose to believe that what God said is what creates my reality. You have to have that as an anchor in order to be able to make the changes that are going to be necessary. We have to have a point of reference that is our standard, the standard that we live by. A standard, by the way, in medieval times or what have you, you know standard maybe as the word flag or banner because the standard was what they planted. And they said, this is, we claim this country, we claim this territory for the kingdom and the standard of the kingdom will be established here. So when we hear of the Lord called uh, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner, he's my standard. And what he says is my standard. And everything else has to be a lie. I don't, it doesn't matter what it is. If he did not say it, and my standard is what he said, according to God, my life, you, you read here, the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to John, and, and, so, and who's the fourth one? Mark. The gospel according to Mark. My life according to God. The gospel or the good news of my life according to God. That's my standard. And trust me, there are days that I look, you know, it's almost like looking for a set of keys. Do you know where my standard went? <laughs> because it doesn't seem to be. I thought I left it on the table before I went to sleep. I must have knocked it off and it fell between the bed and the, and the nightstand because the standard seems to not be in place. It's like, nah, it's not that kind of standard. This is a planting of, 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 of his truth and me being connected to it with an unbreachable, un, uh, I, I, I'm going to use a word that I don't think exists, uncuttable. You can't, you're not going to get me loose from this. I want his word to be my standard. Now we're talking what I've declared and what I decree and what I desire. And they're all the same. I want what he, I need balance. Okay? I need justice, obviously. But I also need to be tempered with compassion. That's going to lead us to uh, Bertie's request. Okay? I need to pay attention in a conversation to two people, myself, right, and who, says God, Holy Spirit, yes, but also God, Holy Spirit, with that other person. I'll explain it. Think of a conversation you're having with a friend or a buddy or what have you, or just a general conversation with people, and you'll make a comment like, I have some things on my agenda, and I need to go and 
take my car through the car wash. Okay? No, nothing big about that, right? How many people will respond to your comment if you're talking to that other person? How many of them will respond to what you said? Okay. And how many people will speak, will, will talk, but they won't actually respond to what you said. They'll take the conversation someplace else. Nine out of ten times, maybe, that's, that's really not necessarily true because I didn't do a survey. But my experience is if I say, if you say to me, I need to take my car through the car wash, I will not respond to you. I will take the conversation someplace else. You know what I'll say? I need to take my car through the car wash, too. She didn't say anything about my car. She said nothing about my car. She was telling me about her car. But what did I do? Photobombed her. <laughs> hey, I need to do the same thing. I think I need to wash my hair. I need to wash my hair. My hair, that's, what a coincidence. Right? Is that, is that true? You say, I'm hungry. Oh, man, I'm hungry, too. I feel like I could. So you actually do not have a conversation. Why? Because nobody was hearing. Scripture says, take heed, therefore, this is Luke 8, 18, take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whosoever has, to him shall be given, and whosoever has not from him shall be taken, even that which he seems to have. Now we need to—you have to look at that in the context for what it is, because Jesus was teaching. He was telling them, he was taking them through a series of what we refer to as parables, and he was giving them the purpose of them. So, in order to really understand Luke 8:18, 8, pay attention to how you hear. You're going to have to find out what was his function. Why was he even? Why did he even say that? And I found it very interesting. Um, there's another expression that we have to connect with this, which is when Jesus kept saying, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Because that is spoken in the Bible over and over again. In fact, I, I, I did look at it, but I don't think I have, um, I don't have it noted here. But those, those partic that particular expression, I think, is used six different times in the Scripture. Uh, take heed, therefore, how you hear, and also what you hear, because Mark 4.24 is the other script, passage of Scripture, Mark chapter 4. So he keeps talking to them about hearing. And one of the things that, that we find in, in this, if I can go back to this, see, I'm kind of all over the place with this, but it'll, it'll be a good journey, okay? What he told us. And he said, I want you to pay attention, take heed what you hear. Um, he also said, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Now, you'll find that in Mark chapter 4. And he, he says it after his disciples were like, uh, can you tell us what you're talking about? Because we, we'd really like to know. And that's Mark chapter 4, verse 9. But he, after he gave them the parable of the sower, the sower, the one that goes around speaking the word, planting the seeds, regardless of the ground, the seeds are being are released. The seeds are being released. This is kind of how we pray. We sow the word. We release the word. And some of the word hits the target. 
Some of the word hits stones. Some of the word is discarded and so forth and so on. But our job is not to determine how it's going to be received. Our job is simply to plant and to release it. But also, our other objective is to be the ground, to be the good ground in which the seed can be planted. Now, we're going somewhere with this, all right? Mark chapter 4, <laughs> when he began to teach, and I love this as I read it, it said, he began to teach by the seaside, and um, a large crowd was gathered before him so that he entered a boat and sat in it on the sea, which is a great amplification for voice because the water's going to carry the sound. But there he is, and he's, he's doing, which is why when I teach, I really like sitting more so than I do standing. Standing, I have a tendency sometimes to go preach. But when I want to really relay something, and, and if you've noticed me recently, I'm trying to stay still a lot, and I, I'm gripping, like, the platform and things like that. It's not poor man, speaker mannerisms. It's so that I don't take off and go somewhere else. And I want to kind of try to stay on point. And here's an interesting thing for you. If anybody ever thought, oh, I'm so forgetful, I'm so forgetful, and, and, and you're thinking, I just, I, I can't remember what I was going to say, can I tell you something? The only reason you didn't remember what you started to say is because it wasn't tethered. You didn't finish the thought. You had half a thought plus half a thought, and you went with one without completing the other in your mind. And because it wasn't complete, it, did, it, it had no place to land. It's like, I'm going to talk to you. Oh, and I need to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you, and I'm going to talk to you. Okay, great. So you both come to me and say, what do you want to talk to me about? Mm, yeah, it was really great. Uh, I didn't finish the sentence. I'm going to talk to you about Mark chapter 4, and then I need to talk to you about Luke chapter 8. If I say that, when I see you, it's like, oh, Mark chapter 4, let's talk about that. Luke chapter 8, let's talk about that. But what happens is that we, I got 10 different thoughts going and I didn't let anything land. Then I don't remember anything. I know it was important. I know it was something you were really going to like. Oh, man. Holy Spirit, please help me bring those thoughts back. It's like, baby, they never landed. You had a partial thought. You didn't complete the thought. So you have, you're not forgetful like you think that you've been forgetful. So stop saying that you're forgetful and slow your roll. <laughs> Start finishing the thought within yourself. And then it will be easy to come back because it exists in full. It's like reaching into the unseen realm and only pulling a portion of it without getting everything. See what I mean? Y'all kind of understanding it? The part of you that was listening to me? As opposed to the other part. That's how come you sometimes I didn't hear what they said. Because if you were reading and somebody's talking, this is why you'll hear apostles say, stop reading when we have reached a point where we're now going to discuss. Because if you keep reading, you didn't hear what was being said. You know why? Because when you're reading... Your mind is talking. No, because you're reading silently, but you're not reading silently. 
your mouth's not moving, but your mind is picking up every word. For instance, read that. What does that say right there? Say it out loud. Great. Now, I'm going to keep talking, and you just go ahead and focus on everything that's written there on the board. So what I'm trying to say is that if you're listening, uh, you're using one set of ears, and when you're reading, you're using another set of ears, and they're both the same ears, but they function differently. Did anybody hear what I said? <laughs> it wasn't. Precisely. Why? Because your mind was occupied. That's how people go, oh, I just zoned out on them. Now, you went someplace else and you thought about that hamburger. You thought about, <laughs> you thought about oh, I, I have to stop at the store on my way home. You thought of different things. And then when they said, so what do you think about that? You tuned back in and went, what? Why did you do that? Probably something somebody said took you off on that tangent. If you don't know that's how you listen or fail to listen, then you're not paying attention to how you hear. I can only hear with one, I can hear with my spirit ears, but it's not going to do me a whole lot of good if you want a response from my soul. Because <laughs> I haven't yet tuned into my spirit ears to find out what, what did I miss, what was going on. If you've ever fallen asleep on a 5 a.m. prayer call, and then you woke up right at the end when she said, okay, we've received our instructions. <laughs> we did? Yeah, send it out quick because I don't know what the instructions are. Does anybody have any questions? Oh, no. No. We have no questions because the chances are really good if I ask a question, it's precisely what was just said, and I'm not going to be the one that looks dumb. Nope. I have nothing. Any, any questions? No. That's, I know that's also why sometimes I'll say to you, does anybody have any questions? Oh, um, oh, she reached the end of that sentence. Did I have any questions? I don't, could you repeat what you just said? No. <laughs> right? Okay, so these are normal practical things that we all have engaged in or, or done, and it's only when we see how we do things that we can stop them. Because, see, that's going to cause a problem for you. My lack of response to someone that's making a statement, because I'm going to go wash my car or I'm going to wash my hair, maybe not very interesting, but I can question what is said in such a way that I engage in the dialogue. There's no dialogue. It's two monologues. Until one party puts down their personal agenda and joins with the other party in where this these words are going to take us. If you said, I'm going to wash my car, it's like, well, what made you think about that today? Are you is it is it a regular schedule or, or you know, what's going on? You know, it's like, oh no, because I do such and such and then it's going to go into something else. Because I can actually sit still and not make it about me at all. People go, oh, no, but I was just trying to join in the conversation. No, really, we weren't trying to join in the conversation. We were turning it. I'm, I'm very guilty of this. So I, you know, um, I find out. I've been, how, how do I listen? And many times I haven't. 
Do you see? I just want to jump in and, and, and take over. I, I, I think me washing my car is a whole lot more interesting than you washing yours. Or me washing my hair would just be, that just gets my attention, right? You know, you washing yours, well, don't you wash your hair? Why do I have to hear about you wash? Do you see what I mean? And it, 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 it's, I'm using very silly, mundane type of things because the next time somebody says something, just makes a statement, I'm really hungry. Okay, well, what are you hungry for? Is a different, is a response, as a me too, I'm really hungry. No, that's... <laughs> It sounds like it should be okay. And I'm not telling you it's not okay. I'm telling you that it explains why there are many conversations that, that would have had some very great merit that we have not heard. Because we didn't take the first step into it. And here he says, he taught, began to teach. So he entered into that boat and he sat in it on the sea and the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. So what did that just do? That's great writing. That's a setting. He is going to teach by the seaside. And so it tells you not only is he going to teach by the seaside, but he literally meant by the seaside because he got into a boat and the people, the audience, were gathered on outside of the boat on the land. So now we've got a picture. In your head, you can see an individual sitting in a boat that is obviously pointed toward the land, and is also quite obviously, nobody said he rowed the boat out. It didn't say that the boat went out into the midst of the sea. It says that, the, so you know, oh, it's probably a boat sitting right by the dock, and they're on the dock or they're on the side of the sea if they didn't have a dock, and he just stepped into the boat, and it says that he didn't go up the dock, he didn't go down a key, he didn't do any of that. He stepped in, so he's right next to the boat, and he stepped into the boat and he sat down and the people were, who he was gathered with or standing there with, they're still standing or they're sitting, but he's sitting in the boat beginning to teach. And it tells you all that in those, just those few sentences. So you've got setting. Setting is important because you want to understand where the story's coming from, where are all the key characters located, just as you would in any book. I want enough detail to be able to place it, but not so much detail that I get caught up in it, bogged down in it, and I miss the point. So here we know that he taught them many things. It says the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. He taught them many things in parables, and he said to them in his teaching, okay? That's what it says. And in the King James, or, uh, ample, uh, King James it refers to it as his doctrine. He's establishing a pattern, okay? And he said, listen. That's the first word he says. Hearken. Listen. Now. Now it's going to make sense to you when he gets to the end and he says, if you had ears to hear, I'm saying to you, you're blessed to hear. Because the first word when he sat down is listen. Most of us do not start a teaching with listen. I, I don't know what we start with, but uh, but he says, hearken. Hearken is a great word uh, the, from the, that because it means you heard this. You hear this. You're paying attention to this. I want this to become to your, uh, to your ears. I also want you to understand it. I want you to be endowed with the faculty, the ability to hear what I'm saying. 
And so what he did is he got the focus of everyone. Whatever else it is you were doing, did anybody else bring any fish or bread or anything? You got any snacks? Um, it's a little cold out here. Did you have a blanket? All of that ceased it because he said, listen. And so whatever else was going on, listen. Okay. This is listen. Hear what I'm saying. Now, even my mind is now in tune because you're about to get something. And he says, I'm going to tell you a story. Because it was the opening to a story. A sower went out to sow. Oh, okay. They know what that is. It's a fishing community, but it's also an agricultural community. They know what he's talking about. So a farmer went out to farm, a planter went out to plant, a sower went out to sow. Got it? So he spoke in the vernacular of the day, in the setting that they, that they were comfortable in with, an under, with words that they would understand from the beginning. That's what he did. We have to, what's a sower? What's it, why? Because we're... Now, if we lived in, 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 in rural areas, it, would, it wouldn't be much. Farmers, I've heard preachers that were farmers, they, they, it's just so simple because it's the language they understand. Gardeners get this, okay? Um, if you're a seamstress, you're going a sower? I'm, not, I'm a seamstress. I'm not a sower, right? Because you're thinking differently until you see what the word looks like. So you may have to use a, set, a different word, a farmer. Oh, a farmer. Okay, great. I'm not a farmer. I'm a seamstress. A farmer. Got it. And you might have to do that. You have to know who your audience is. Sometimes when we're talking, we've got to know who's listening to us. You have to know the people that are sensitive, super sensitive, uber sensitive, and ridiculously sensitive to criticism or what have you. Why? Because if I'm speaking a strong word, I want to release it to a strong people. If I'm teaching a healing word, I want to teach, I'm releasing it to a bruised people. If I'm speaking a word about growth, I'm going to speak to people that understand the growth process. Are you with me? Okay? I'm speaking to a very smart, pretty people tonight. So, okay. so I'm speaking smart and pretty. Okay? He says, as he sowed. Now, why was that important? In farming, I understand that they do furrows or rows. Before you plant, you do what? Prepare the ground. So here it is. When he said the sower went out to sow, there is obviously, if he was talking about a farmer going out to, to do what he's going to do, then the ground would have been prepared. There'd be rows upon rows upon rows of things. That's why those of us, when we're driving past and we see stalks or, you know, corn or whatever it is, and you see, or vines, because in California we see a lot of grapevine type of thing, and you look on a grapevine and you see long rows of them, right? Well, duh. Before those things started, they had actually prepared that ground and put those vine things in there, right, to grow so that these, or tomatoes, they grew, they, they prepared the ground, and then the seeds were dropped along the way. That's how those rows got there. That's how those trees all, I always wonder 
wonder why those trees look like they were just standing in a line. Yes, that's how they were planted. Oh, that's how it happened. <laughs> okay. So for those of us that, you know, didn't get it, that, that should help us a little bit. All right. So he went out to drop seed. That's another way to say it. A sower went out to drop seed. A seed sower, seed planter, went out to drop seed into the ground. And everywhere he went, he says, as he sowed. Now he, he's just doing it, milling it out, milling it out, milling it out, milling it out. And as he did it, some of it hit the target. Some of it fell, it says, beside the path. It didn't go in. It went beside the path. And the birds came, and they ate that. The birds of the air came and said, thank you. You know, you had leftovers. We'll take those. That seed, tell, it tells you what? It will not grow. That seed is never going to, there will never, it's gone. There will never be a reappearance of that seed, if you will. The birds devoured it. And therefore, since it wasn't designed to grow in the belly of a bird, it won't grow. It's gone. Right? Okay. Some seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. Now, this is interesting because, remember, now this is a parable. So, and he started with, listen. So here's the pattern of how some of you listen. That's what he's saying. Some of you when I'm saying, when we're speaking words, it falls by the wayside. Your ground's not prepared for it. It falls by the wayside. And it gets devoured. It's gone. You with me? Okay. And then some, is, it, uh, some of it fell on rocky ground. And by the way, birds of the air, this is kind of cool. I'm just hearing him say this right now, okay. In, in the King James, it says fowl. Uh, you know, sounds like chickens. But it says fowls of the air. Okay. So flying animals, winged animals, they came and they devoured it up. They ate it, okay. They sought something. They consumed it. So they ate your seed, Okay. It never landed in the right place. Okay. All right. And some fell on stony ground. And I, I know there are people that are like, oh, my gosh, I could really do a lot with this. And so do that. You know, do that. But in the meantime, take this first because you just got distracted. Come back. Okay. So as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. Some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Now, this is, I think, and I, I was reading about this a little bit. Remember I talked about getting saved and thinking that your salvation is based on how you feel about it? So have you ever been excited about the things of God because things are really great and then things go bad and you're not happy? Okay. Like, oh, God just revealed and this opened up and this happened and I just feel so blessed. Then I get a call from my ex person, da 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 and they called to tell me and this happened and this happened and it's like I have to find 
my, this is where I was saying earlier, I don't know where my standard is. I know that I said that my standard is every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, but I don't know what God said, and I don't, I'm not, I don't know what my, I, you know, I, I know he said really great things on Saturday night, and I woke up springing in the air on Sunday morning, but now that it's Monday morning and I'm hearing all this stuff, I don't know what happened to that standard. It was really good Saturday and Sunday was good, too. Thank God for two good days. <laughs> Well, if you said, I'm going to make the Word of God my standard, but you didn't let it be planted, then you did it by emotion. You know, yes, I agree with that, Lord. And I, too, will make your Word my standard. And I'm so moved with emotion by this awesome presence and all this other stuff. But my heart is still stony. <laughs> It's still hard because and this happens so in in every church I know of at some time or another because all the time now I stand like this when I minister as you know I keep my arms folded and one of the reasons is so they're not flailing all over the place so I I'm doing a lot of things to try to stay focused and I don't want to constantly distract people but I know what I do with my hands so I will stand like this. A lot of times. I'm not challenging anybody. I'm just trying to get the points through. Now you have that understanding. However, there are people that are sitting there like this, but on the inside, they're like this. <laughs> the heart is stony towards the seed being planted because it's still listening to the other stuff. It's still... This is blank screen, but oh, it's on sale. Oh, I've been waiting for them to text me. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> amen. <laughs> What'd they say? I have no idea. <laughs> well, aren't you gonna go and use this word? Yeah. I don't know what they're talking about, but I'll catch it on the replay. And then when the replay comes, it, you, you don't. You start it and with good intentions and, <laughs> and you fall asleep or you get interrupted or you're watching it on a device such as this and you get a phone call or a text message and it gives you a notification of the same thing and hmm, you don't, don't get back to it. And then by the time you do try to get back to it, if you were watching it on LinkedIn or I'm not LinkedIn, um, Twitter or whatever it is and you go back to it, Twitter starts all over and you can't find it. So you think, I guess it wasn't really God for me. <laughs> I've done that. I've done that. I'm, when I tell these things, please hear, hear me very clearly. I'm a witness. All right. It's not a good testimony, but it's a true testimony. It's the things that I've done. And it's how so many conversations escaped me that would have been highly beneficial to me. I've been having conversations with the wrong stuff, you see. And so in order to correct that, sometimes I have to 
I have to go and find out, well, what, what happened to the seed? Where did the seed go? And thank God that this is abundant seed and there's more. I can go right back to those same scriptures and get it. Listen to that same teaching and this time listen because I understand I wasn't listening the first time. And I, like I told Dr. Baker or Apostle Baker the other day, I said, you see, the first time I listen, I typically don't take notes because I want to try to absorb it. But when I feel the onslaught of what's coming and, and, and what she's teaching about the tabernacle and the pattern and stuff, I said, oh, I'm, I'll be glad when you find the right pamphlet because, uh, you know, I, she didn't really care for the one she's got for us. So she's, you know, trying to find the right one to, to get, like she was saying, it'll be a pamphlet so that we can all look at it. But it's like, well, I, I will be so glad when I can put eyes on something because this is bigger than whatever, and all I can do, and this is, uh, this is, I'm paying attention to how I hear. I hear you say one thing. I got to write that word down. And so most of the time, it's not with a notebook because then I'm doing this, but I will put it on my, on this, my notes on my phone. And the reason that I'll do that is because I always have to. You ever try to find that piece of paper you wrote on? Oh, wait, I have to show you something. This is so cool. Most of you saw it. Um, Armita came in on Sunday, and she said, I was at the store, and I saw this, and it reminded me of you, and I just had to get it. Because I was talking about composition books. Oh, my God. It was the only one she said at the store. And Armita, if you're watching, I really, really, really like it. I haven't written in it yet because I've got what's worthy of the pink composition <laughs> But I carry it with me, and it has a not a leather, but a vinyl kind of cover, and it's a full composition book, and it's pink. This is so cool. So again, I'm thanking you. Plus, you know, I have this right, but wait for it. Because one of those birthday boxes I got a couple years a year or so ago. I'm completely off track right now on purpose, and you'll see why in a minute. Now, unfortunately, it writes black ink, but that's okay. As long as I've got certain ambience. And it's like, is this overkill? Is this really necessary? Yes, it is, and I'm about to tell you why. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why? Because it was fun. It was fun. That's why I did it. It was fun, and it um, shows you that I have things in mind. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I'm wearing red, so I do have other colors. Okay, now, so you with me so far, okay, in terms of I have to anchor to what's being said. Why can I come back to that? Because I tethered those words. So I can come back to the thought that I interrupted because I tethered it before I went on. I said a full sentence before I switched so I can come back to it, because I know what I was talking about. See what I mean? Okay. Yeah, that's what we do, all right? So it's just because it's so much, but I'm going to use that beautiful pink composition book for my tabernacle type of note when I switch over to, to handwriting. But I want to hear key words. Like if you, list, if you 
have been flowing with us with this, then you know that the word is listen. That we're paying attention to how we hear and we're paying attention to what we hear. Because sometimes we're selective in our hearing. Now, I'm speaking of you and I being the receivers. I'm not speaking of us as being the transmitters right now. That's a different conversation. When I'm transmitting words, well, I have spoken of it a little bit. When I'm speaking something, that's that seed sowing. When I'm receiving something, that's the seed being planted. So he's talking to them on a wise, a level that they understand, but he's not, it's a comparable. What I'm saying about the sower is to be compared to what I'm really saying about you. I'm giving you this picture of a, of, a, of a sower, of a farmer, and what they do and how the seeds hit the target or don't hit the target and what happens, but I summed it up with the same expression or, or in part with what I started with. You need to listen to what I'm saying. Take heed. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. That's verse 9. So do you see how within that was a teaching? Do you have a question? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because I notice on TV when when they have the uh, talk shows and they're interviewing people, those that are called in more often to give their opinion will often begin what they're saying. I don't know why, but I've observed it recently with listen, and then they'll say what they're saying. And you know when they say you listen. Yes. And so I hadn't connected it with what Jesus said. Yes. We know it also. May I have your attention, please? Or good morning, everyone. That's the signal in church. Quit chatting. <laughs> yes. It's also, it's very interesting because it's a thesis in writing. Um <clears throat> And people are told you have to write an essay or a thesis, and most of you are like, I'm so glad that's behind me, but I have to do that a lot, right? My, I had the, the great, one of the best uh, English courses I took, I, I think it was in my bachelor's years, but yeah, she said something that set the tone for me, and I've used this expression from time to time because they'll talk about the opening, you know, you have to make your, your provocative statement and you've got to do this and you've got to do this. Well, she said, you sum it up in three parts. Part one, say what you're going to say. That's your thesis statement. Okay? Then step two, say it. That's the whole proving, the body of the paper, the reference points to this, to this, to this. And then the third thing, she says, now say what you said. That's the summarizing. So you have your thesis or your opening statement, you have your proving, all of the facts that you want or whatever it is that's telling everyone what, you know, why you said what you said. That's what the, say what you said, you know, say it. Say what you're, say what you, um, say what you're gonna say. Then say it. All the proving, all of the, this is why I'm saying this, this is why I'm saying this, and then in the end, say what you said. And that's what he did. Yes, ma'am. 
there's a way of approaching the law that's similar to that, a little bit different. But I was going to say the years that I've been under your teaching and under Dr. Baker's teaching, um, what I found is when I realized that I had to be paying attention more, and so I had to stop taking notes, mm -hmm. that um, I did what you said. I'd mark down some words, and then I leave like space in my notebook. Yes, yes. And then I go back, and um, like you, like you said, <laughs> I have to admit there are some places that I didn't go back in. <laughs> and fill it in. <laughs> and, and fill it in. But I know the date, mm -hmm. and and I know who was talking about it. And part of that was in response to Dr. Baker saying, okay, I want you to stop taking notes and listen. And so by her saying that a few times, it kind of trained me. So when I know you're really giving a lot of good material and I need to listen, mm -hmm. then I, I can go back. That's the beauty of these recordings. I agree. Program. Yes. And fill it in. And thank God for Frederick and Soshi, who... Um, can tell us where everything is. <laughs> okay, that's good. I like that. I, I like that. I, I didn't. I have to ask you more about how they do it in law too, because I'd like to know. But um, um, so here, here's this is this is what you're listening to. So all of this is contained in. Pay attention to how you hear. He's really he really means it. And he's saying, I'm going to give you that because parables. If you've ever wondered. When I asked the Holy Spirit, what is a parable? It's a comparable. Compare it to. It's comparable to. That's what a parable is. It's a story that is, in its telling you can be compared to. And the expression that you might have heard is like unto this. This is like unto this. So this story of the farmer is like unto me speaking the word of God to you, only you're the ground. Your heart is the ground. And if your heart is stony, then I'll go back to it. And it immediately spring up. Your emotions will spring up with it. But because there's no depth of earth, it did not take root in you. You're going to lose it. That's how people go, I don't understand it. I was so happy on Sunday, and it was just seemed like it was such a great week. But by the end of the week, everything just kind of, and I, I would love, if you ever felt like this, I'd love to go back and recapture how I felt. Well, you don't have to recapture how you felt. You have to let what you heard, not what you felt. You have to let what you heard be, become rooted in you so that you don't lose your standard. Is this helping you all at all? You, you with me here? Okay. I'll test you on Sunday. <laughs> I don't mean I'll put a test out there, but I can guarantee you that whatever I say is going to be a test. Not me testing you, but be a test of your hearing. <laughs> so he says, immediately it sprang up because it was good news. That's why it sprang up. Oh, my God, this is it. This is it. We teach on, you get a breakthrough about how finances really work. It's like, oh, yes, that, finally, yes, I get it, I get it. And then um, 
did you see the way that heifer talked to me? And oh my gosh, it's like this, and I wish we sold bagels here. And uh, da, 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 and it gets stolen. Because my emotions took it, I didn't plant it. I didn't allow it to be rooted. It was to be planted, not to be grabbed and held, you know, like a pre not to be just grabbed and held, but to be in. I'm going to let this word dwell in me richly. Lord, I need, I want this to stay. I'm going to let this word dwell in me. This is an abiding word. This is not just a reading word. This is an abiding word. Are you with me? That's what the difference is. I'm going to let that abide. Um, so um, that, that's kind of where, where we want to go with that. I was going to look up that scripture. Let me see. Um, he, Jesus said, if you abide in me, John 15, 7, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be done. And the reason is, really, because you're living in it already. You're going to speak, and that's a whole different subject, but um, it, it's still going to, to... Here's another one that's good. Romans 11:23 says, They also, if they abide not, still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft it in again. And isn't it funny, because he's talking about the salvation, but if you abide not still in unbelief, so you can either live in belief or you can live in unbelief. You can abide your, your, your place where you stay, where you live. You can live in a place, a state of unbelief. Or you can live in a state of belief, a city of, a place of. Depends on what your standard is. Are you with me? It, it depends on what your standard is. God's word is my standard. And so I'm going to live in believing in his word. The question I'm getting is tethering is when it's planted and rooted in. Yeah, tethered is tied to it. I'm connected to it. Not only, if you look at, I think it's like great vines or tomatoes, I know when you, you tether them to the, um, there are certain types of plants that as the stalks are growing, in order to keep it from uh, falling over, they will tether it to a stick, right? Yeah, to, to, a to a frame or to a stick. It's tethered. So, no, rooted is to be grounded so that it's, 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 it's in there. It's part of it. But tethered is tied to it so that I am, um, they used to do this thing where, like they, I don't recall it exactly, but a young man that was on a boat, a ship, when it would be in certain kinds of weather, they'd tether them to a certain part of the ship so that even when the waves were uh, coming on because it wasn't a covered kind of thing, so when the waves, the heavy storm waves would cascade onto the ship, they wouldn't be washed overboard. They would tether them to the ship so that you cannot be taken away. You you know it of um, people that have a, a, a pets and they'll tether them to a, a stake in the in the yard so that they, they can they can run to a certain number of points but they can only go so far 
they're not going to get free and get loose because the thing is rooted very deeply into the ground or cemented or whatever, and then the tether is strong so that they can't be taken away. So it's not the same, but they work together, okay? Um, so those, those are some of the things that, that we're talking about. And so you've got to decide where you're going to live. And I'm looking at everybody here, um, looking at me, and I'm looking at all of you. Even if I can't see you, I'm still looking. In the spirit to say to you, I'm looking so that you have eye contact. And I'm saying to you, you decide where you're going to live. And if you're very wealthy and you have an apartment in one town and a, and a house someplace in the country and you got this and that, you still have to decide what's your main residence. No matter where else you go, where do you live? Do you live in belief in what God says? Or do you live in unbelief of what God says? And how do you know? Because you either keep saying what he said or you keep telling us what the world says. I could ask a lot of people what happened today in the politics and, and so forth and so on. And many people will be able to tell me that, but if I ask you, but do you know what God said about it, some will still be able to do that, but not everybody. Because they read the news. They don't read the, the good news. They read, they listen to CNN, and they listen to this, and they do even the emails that come, you know, and they focus on this stuff. And I was like, just shut it down. I can't, I don't want to hear it. It's not even that I cannot hear it. Well, do you not care about the country? I've, I'm not even going to answer that question. I have to keep saying what the one that loves this country and loves every inhabitant, good, bad, evil, nice, whatever. Because my love for this country does not compare to God's love for this country. And when I want to express love for my country or for you or for myself even, I want to come from the best heart, not just any heart. His heart. I want his love for my country. I want his love for you. I want his love for me. Do you understand? Because that will break the stony heart. And I want us to have that same love one for another. That'll be a whole nother topic. Okay. Yes, Leslie says it resonates in you precisely. And you're tied to it. You're connected to it. And you're even recognized as being part of it. You know, you go places and people are hostile to you. You think they're hostile to you because they don't like the way you look. You don't understand that the spirit of light that you carry, the true light, will make those that want to abide in darkness hostile towards you. But if you're used to going according to how you feel, you're going to take offense by what they said. We can get to a place in, in God, when we, as we pay attention to how we hear, that we will listen for what it is that he is saying, and we could give a rip about the delivery person. Well, they said it so harshly. Well, sometimes, you know what? Um, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to come across a dry place on my skin, I need something abrasive. I don't need something soft because soft isn't going to do it. Soft will have its place once you scrub. If you're getting rid of dead cells, 
once you scrub the abra and the abrasive stuff is not necessarily something like a wool pad, you know. It, it can be just something that has the little scrub things in it, and you the, the exfoliant, and you do what you do, and then you rinse, and then you can put the smooth on. Why? Because I've removed the barrier to the smooth being able to do its job. We remove the rough places. He makes the rough places plain. Okay. And so what you're talking about is how I hear. Do I hear with an indica with a with a tendency towards being offended? Do I hear with an expectation? How many of you don't raise your hands? Don't raise your hands. Don't don't raise your hands. Have ever thought I don't want to tell the apostles this, or I don't want to tell Pastor Lindsay this, or I don't want to tell my mom this, or I don't want to tell this person this because I know they're going to judge me. Where does that come from? Well, the, every time I've ever brought this kind of thing to them and the old record plays, right? Now, when she's on the other foot and you say to your child or to, why didn't you tell me? I didn't tell you because I just knew that if I told you, you were going to, Whatever, right? Well, you don't like being on the receiving end of that any more than anybody else does. Well, why would they say that? Because they have an old record of you. What if you've changed since then? What if you've become softened by God? What if you've moved into a greater capacity for understanding? What if you prayed through that because you didn't like the way that you were before? Well, you know, you can't go around handing out a new card saying, Hi, I've changed. You want to. You want to. But the real test of you being changed is that you're not offended when they say it. And they'll see that. Because you're like, you know, you're right. I might have done that at a certain time. Have you ever noticed we force, we want to force an apology? But we have to be forced to forgive. How you hear it. If I hear everything as, when you offend me, you need to make it right. But when I offend you, you just need to grow up. That's a problem. What it really is is, wow, I heard that incorrectly. Or it sounds like because you're using an old pattern of talking that you're about to start going into the complaining and I want to shut it up before you start. Well, that's not fair. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to stop because I don't know that I'm going to stop. But I know what I can do with it. You know, it's like, well, you interrupted me before I got a chance to, to do it. Sometimes in the spirit, you hear what the person's going to say. You hear them saying it even before they say it. Not all the time. Not all the time. But if we grace each other, we can have a great conversation. Why? I know what you're going to say. Do you? What am I going to say? Because as soon as it, somebody says that kind of thing to me, I stop. I personally will not continue. I will now switch it over to you and have you go ahead, tell me what it is. Why? Because I'm mad at you? No. Because there's something you've got on your heart or on your mind that you need to tell. And so I'll let it happen. Now, you know, sometimes at the Q&A, somebody will start at reading a question. Crystal might have read a question, and I'll say, stop. Why? Because it's too much. And you're asking me ten questions left in one, so let's break it do these things. But somebody said, well, I always this or that, I'll say, stop. No, that's a lie. 
Well, how can you just say that? Because they started out with the lie. You don't even need to finish the sentence. You already lied. I just can't understand. Lie. I can't change. Lie. Why? Because God didn't say it. He did not say that. He said you can change. That's why I say no. Stop. That's a lie. I'm explaining things. I hope it helps you just to understand. It's like, well, she didn't, you didn't let me finish my sentence. Correct. I did not let you finish telling the lie. Why? Because I don't want to sit here and listen to you agree with Satan. That's why. For me. And you. I can't do this. Well, then why did God say you can do all things through Christ? Well, he probably didn't have me in mind. Then why does it say that he did? Well, he didn't understand I was going to come to this day. How can it say that when it says that he's, there's no time in him? He's seen everything all at once. How about you're fighting it because you're hurt, if there's a wound here and you don't know if you, you feel trapped and you don't know what to do and you simply say that so that we can now get to work with the word and get you out of that as opposed to me taking up a rock to chuck it at you because you're just a big whiny ninny, which you're not. Do you see what I mean? When we... Allow honesty. If I'm listening to you, I'm hearing it. And at the time I hear it, I may not say anything except, okay, I love you. Oh, but I've got a lot to say before we talk again. But I'm not saying it to you. I'm saying it concerning you. Because sometimes what you hear tells you don't try to answer that because their heart's not ready. That's what Martha's saying. Okay. All right. Some fell on stony ground. The heart that wasn't ready, but the emotions were ready. I'm ready for change, but I'm not. But I haven't stopped living in that place of unbelief. And and until I do, until I decide what my standard for truth is, until I decide who I will believe, no matter what. And I only can have one source for truth. I can't have two. Just one. I can only, ready for it, pattern myself after one mindset, after one set of, of beliefs. I'm going to go according to the pattern of what I source as my truth. In our finances, we may believe God this way, and then we say, well, I trust God for healing. I can believe for healing, but I can't believe for finance. Then you live in unbelief in one place. You don't have one standard. And that means he doesn't have all of you. That's what is meant when it's being said. So, see, you don't believe God. You, well, if you, you, how hard is it to say, you're right, I don't. 
so that we can start getting to the place of belief. That's what it's for. It's not to accuse you, you scalawag minister Wapaw. You don't believe God. You're just a scandal to the ministry. That is not, or you people in those blue chairs, you're just a bunch of ninnies. That's what you are, ninnies. No, no. <laughs> That's not, you don't believe God. See what I mean? They're always telling me I don't believe God. Do you? I do, I do. He said, <laughs> help me in my unbelief. <laughs> I want to. I really, really do. <laughs> <laughs> Does this help you? You're not being accused. You're being it's being it's being exposed. It's being exposed. You why? Because when you expose well, think about it, when you break open a prison door, every trapped person is exposed to freedom. Yeah. But nobody's talking about you sweet things like you're just a loser. I don't do that L thing. I don't do that. You know, my L is supposed to stand for Lexus or something. Or luxury. Lindsay, <laughs> the luxury, not the loser. And that's not your name either. Are you in Christ? Say yes. Yes. Then it's impossible for you to be a loser. Because he would have. See what I mean? Because that's what God says. Okay, let's try to finish this up. Wow. Thank you, Birdie. Okay. All right, so it says, uh, immediately it sprang up because it had no depth, but when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. That's what we mean. And the morning comes. Other stuff comes with the new morning, and those thoughts were just screeched, scorched, right there, just burned up, gone, because it wasn't in the ground. It couldn't get in. It can when we establish this truth and say, I'm gonna, I choose to believe God. This is, I, when I read it in the Bible, and I, I, let me say this, when I read it in the Bible, I choose to believe it, and stop reading the parts of the Bible where they're talking to a, a, a group of people that were being condemned or judge for certain things that the judgment was the judgment is always the sin. It's not the people that when you think about the judgment of people, you've got to understand because God is spirit to spirit. It's the sin that's being judged, and the people that went alongside of it fell with it. That's why God never ever will send anybody to hell, but many will go. Because they don't do what he said. And they have rooted themselves to live in the place of unbelief with the spirit of unbelief. Who no matter what you see going on in this earth today, you better understand that because God always keeps his word, uh, Satan and his minions have an appointment in a place called the lake of fire. And it will happen. You were never meant to be there. That's why Jesus died, so that we would never have to be there. You understand? 
That's why God never sends anybody to hell. They chose Satan, and so they have to go with him. Do you get it? We belong to Jesus, so we are with him. It's the spirit that you choose for eternity that determines your destination. So God doesn't do it. Our free will gets us those places. You see what I'm saying? That's very important. You have to understand. Your choice is for eternity. My choice is for eternity. So you're going to learn to believe. And that's another thing. Well, how do I you learn to believe? By learning about the one that you believe in. His character and what he believes. All right. So then, verse 7, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. It fell amongst the prickly thoughts. It fell against all your anti-God beliefs, your denominational um, stubbornness, iniquities, whatever it is. It fell among the thorns. Now, here's the thing about it. The thorns, it was your capacity toward it or the unchanged parts of us that we refuse to change. And what do thorns grow? do? They grow. Think I'm thinking of grapevines. It's that they grow and they twist. And they get gnarled. Think of Christmas tree lights that you didn't roll up properly. You see the mess, right? And they get... So the seed got choked because it fell amongst the thorns. The ground was not prepared for harvest. The heart. Picky, sticky, prickly, uber-sensitive, unforgiving, easily offended. Think of those kind of things as thorns. That we have absolute power and control to let the word of God come in and to just obey him without being attached to the outcome. Why do most people not forgive? Because if I don't forgive them, if I forgive them, then it means they got away with it. And you're so concerned about that. Why are you so concerned with whether they... It just doesn't seem right after everything that they did to me that they should be able to just walk free and nobody causes them to have to pay for anything. So I will stay in prison instead, and I will I will release no forgiveness towards them, and I will stay bound, and I will pay the price of the punishment that they deserve, but they're not going to have to because I won't let them be free to walk into what God has. Yeah, thorns. Hurry up. You got, we got a... Um, the truth is it's the opposite. Yeah, it is the opposite because those are the thorns. Forgive these people for crying out loud. I don't know what crying out loud actually means, but um, who's used that expression forever? Okay, that was my last time. If I say it again, we might go. Okay. Um, for the sake of your own freedom, stop keeping you know what? And quit digging up the, the, the old stuff. God is really, these journeys, everybody, God's taking me on a journey of all this stuff. It's like, you know, you could get there in a day. I want the, this one, 
I want the quick one. I want to go to the jiffy, quickie, you know, front of the line. I don't want to, go, you know, how do you want to be delivered? Well, just one little moment at a time. I want to relive every memory. I don't want to relive every hurt. I don't. I don't. I don't, because a lot of that was really ugly. I'm like, so can we do this thing where the blood of Jesus just wipes it off and, and I I forgive them, and if I see them again, I'm like, I think I used to hate you, but I don't remember why, so good to see you. That's, that's the road I chose, and I'm here to tell you it's a nice one. I've run into people that I know they did me wrong, but whatever it was they did, I don't remember what it was because I don't care, and it's like, I know we're not friends, but you know what else? We're not enemies. I'm not going to leave my car keys in your hand. I'm not going to tell you my ATM number. Okay? That's not what I'm talking about. But what I can say is that in the courts of heaven, I hold you in no contempt, and I find no fault in you. But why would you want to do that? So that I can go out and play basketball? I don't play basketball. So that I can go ride a bike? I don't actually do that except maybe a spin bike. But do you understand what I'm saying? So I can go do whatever it is that I want to do if I wanted to do it because I don't hold, I'm not tethered to them. And when I released you, it removed the thing off my name in the courts. You can't blame me either. Well, she still doesn't forgive, you know, the kid at the park that stole her bubble gum when she was seven. I don't care about that kid. I don't know that kid. That's a grown folk. or I have no idea who that person was. And I'm still mad at him. And I really was robbed by kids. I was was so goofy. They said, oh, yeah, we'll we'll give us the money and we'll go get the stuff. I gave them the money, they got the stuff, and they ran away with it. (laughs) That's the first time that happened to me. It wasn't the last time. Apparently I didn't learn the lesson. But... uh, I, why would I hold something against some childhood people whose names I never knew, who I wouldn't recognize if they were standing right in front of me today? If they recognized me, it would be surprising. Why would you still hold that? Well, when I was seven, the kids used to treat me this way, and this and that, and then they said this about me, and you still care. Tell that child inside of you, it's time to release and grow up. I'm not being rude. I'm saying it will free you. And it will, how, how do I know? Because you'll be the one in Mark 8 where it says the seed fell on good ground and you yielded fruit that sprang up and increased. And it brought forth some 60, some 30, some 60, and some 100. In other words, I have harvest everywhere I go. And it happens because I have a change of heart. How do I know I have a change of heart? Verse 9, he said to them, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. How do you have ears to hear? You have a changed heart. It's really about our heart. That's how we have ears to hear. You still think about stuff with your memories of the past. Why? How about prophesying the future? How about saying what God said, which removes? And and why do you want somebody to pay for what they did for you, to you? 
and the reason is because we, in our twisted way, we think that means we're loved and we've been vindicated. But wouldn't it be a greater vindication if I released forgiveness and that person and their whole family came to Jesus and they got removed from the greased pole line to hell or whatever it is, you know? Wouldn't it be greater to let the power of God take its authority on the spirit that caused it, which is the true source of it? And for some people, I'm sorry to say this, but some of you listening to me, your hearts are so hard, you refuse to agree with that. Because the rape or the robbery or the, the killing of your child or whatever it was that happened to you, which was quite treacherous, but you find it unforgivable. And I'm not going to argue with you about it. If you ever want us to pray for you, we absolutely will. Because I don't want to see you destroyed by hatred, bitterness, evil speaking and thinking. It ages you, it, it makes you sick, and it ultimately it shortens your life or the quality of your life. It robs you of so much. Because you see, whether you, and this is why people, have, I have a problem with God, they'll say, because God will forgive that whatever they call them. And if God is so loving, how can he forgive somebody that treated me so badly? That just shows you degrees of pain and the type of damage that sin does in our lives. It's a dialogue. It's a conversation that takes the word of God. And we're about out of time, so I'm not, that's not a conversation we can have right now. But I believe that they put the information up on the board on, on the, uh, to tell you how to get in contact with us. Because some of these things, no, it's not whip bam zamo, it's gone. But it can be. It can be. God can heal you to the degree that you'll see who the true enemy of your soul is. And you'll be able to move in a place of compassion for others. So those are the things. Um, we speak. Um, to answer this last question, do I speak to their spirit? The word of God is what speaks to our spirit. I speak the word of God, then I, and as a spirit, I speak to it. When I talk to the spirit of God, when we pray in tongues, we're praying spirit to spirit. Because the Bible tells you it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the utterance. He speaks through us. And we're praying. We, the more you pray, the more you're praying your destiny into place. It's like, I don't know the scriptures. Do you, are, you, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do you, do you speak in the language of the Spirit? If not, we need to help you to get there. Why? Because the more that you do that, the more that you're speaking your true destiny, and you'll find doors opening to you that you don't even understand how did this happen. Because in the Spirit, you speak mysteries and you speak the solving of them. Pay attention to how you hear. If you have questions, have them ready for me on Sunday and we'll address some of this. But I want you to see, as I said, the, the distraction. Do you hear from a place of offense? Do you hear from a place of judgment? Do you hear from a place of always expecting the other one to yield first? Because that's another one of those things. I will tell them I'm sorry when they tell me. You see, that's a hard, stony heart. And when you read, if you read back through just these verses, 
I didn't even get to verse 14, which is one of my favorites, that the sower sows the word. But if you read through these things, and then you read from 9, he that has ears to hear, let him hear, and then you go further on where Jesus said, pay attention to how you're hearing what I'm telling you. Why? Because it's relevant to your growth and to your harvest. It's relevant to your harvest, how you hear. Now we're talking your seed manifesting, the truth being seen, not only in you physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, every which way. This passage of Scripture, this conversation that, that we've been having with the Word of God, with the Holy Spirit, can change your life. Absolutely change your life. It changes all of your relationships with money, with people, with places, with things, with yourself. Okay? So I think that's all I have to say. Um, well, not really. I got lots more. But that's all the time that we're allotting for me to say or for the Holy Spirit to say it. And I remind you again, it's like, well, why don't you shorten these? I, I'm, we're going to start working on the... Um, uh, tapings that we're going to do that we'll end up putting on blogs and I, I'm not quite sure how we're going to do it yet. But we are going to start working on that. So I may ask you all to ask me questions so that I can answer them. And yes, it will take me two hours to get it out, but we'll cut it up in 30-minute increments so that you don't have to sit there through the whole thing at once in case, just in case, right? Um, but I'm going to give the Spirit of God his entire say. And then we'll divide it the way he wants it to be. There's a wealth of things. I'm not the only Bible teacher, but I want to be the best Bible teacher I can be. I want to be the best uh, at my at his best for what he put me here to do. And I want to sow the seeds that I'm supposed to sow into your lives. And I sow seeds by prayer as well which you most likely won't hear. But if you ask us to pray for you, let us pray for you, because I want to. We, and I am blessed to have a team of people that like to pray with me, that we like to pray for others. So we're receiving the tithes, the offerings, the seeds, the whatever uh, type of financial planting that you want to do. We are releasing the truth that as you sow into good ground, that you will reap the harvest. There's some suddenly words I pray to be able to teach, and I might go into it a little more about some of the miraculous things that I've experienced. I am blessed to, to give you this word. I'm blessed to be under an apostle that gives us the freedom to release the truth according to the pattern of the word of God. And I'm really blessed to belong to so great a father and have so great a savior and so great Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord that leads us by way of the Holy Spirit. So thank you so much for joining us. You can give according to the information that's been there. We will pray. We invite you to join us again on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. We're going to have a change in schedule. 9.45 a.m. Biblical Solutions to Life will be ministered by um, our own minister, Alfred Walsall, to open, and then Minister Dury Foster will take that slot. And the 1145 Biblical Solutions to Life will be Minister Alfred Walsall and myself uh, as Apostle Baker will be traveling. So we're going to learn a lot of things. So we're inviting you to join us. 
because one thing that's um, always the same regardless of who fills the time slot, and that is, is that the Holy Spirit himself, he will speak what he hears from heaven that the Father and Jesus want said. And we invite you to become a part of that. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. We bless you. We say that the Lord has blessed you. The Lord, um, he keeps you. He causes his face to shine his radiant light upon you. And he has a peace that passes all understanding that he releases to you. And we love you with God's astounding love. And I thank you for being participants and recipients of tonight's Kingdom Conversation. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on Sunday. Good night. Amen.